We've done this, a rare thing where we did a little bit of planning. Well, <laughs> we did like <laughs> we the most three minutes basic, <laughs> the most basic planning that any podcast has ever done. Yeah, we spent three minutes going. Like, what do we want to talk about today? I made an oh, yeah, incoherent no, list in a Google Doc. <laughs> so this is going to be our best episode ever. <laughs> Good morning, Jamie. Good morning. How are you? Happy breakfast show day. Yeah. What have you been up to? Been quite busy the last few weeks. (laughs) What have I been up to? (laughs) What haven't you been up to? I have been up to a lot lately. Um, Yeah. Last last week we had our Nava Foundation Benefit Gala, which was absolutely awesome. It was so much fun. It was just like full of so much love and drive and community and everyone looked amazing. The space was awesome. It took me days and days and weeks and weeks and months to plan. Um, But we put it all together in like three months, which was a little crazy. And it went off pretty well. And I'm happy. And you hosted the the virtual gala. Yeah, that was a lot simpler. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we figured out the day before, let's be honest. Um, But yeah, the yeah, you sort of tasked me with me and Scott Chambers to host this thing as if it was sort of similar to our evocation opening night party, which I think it had that same energy. It felt quite fun and anything could happen. Um, and we had our own auction, which was fun. We had our own silent auction. And yeah, it was great. We got to watch the live stream of the event at the end. And shout out to the AV company that put that on. It was Yes, fantastic. meeting relief. Yeah, they were great. Great job, meeting relief. And... Maria Pendolino gave the keynote. I actually haven't talked to you about this. I was thinking maybe we should put Maria's keynote out as an episode because it's yeah, 13 definitely. minutes long. All right, I think so that would be great. Maybe over Christmas I'll stick that out on the uh, on the pod feed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was great. And do you want to say how much money we raised? Yeah. We raised between the virtual gala, the in-person gala, raffle tickets, silent auction, live auction, and just char- charitable donations from the night. We raised close to $60,000. Amazing. Which, like, I was hoping for maybe 15, 20. Yeah. (laughs) Tim was like, let's try and if we can get 50, I'll be great. I'll be so happy. (laughs) And we ended up close to 60, which is amazing. And that's Um, net, right? Net net. That's net because the way I wanted to structure it was that we would cover all of our expenses from sponsorships and ticket sales and we did that so it was amazing we covered our expenses from ticket sales and sponsorships and then everything we made on top of that that night was all profit yeah to go into the nava foundation and take care of all the things we need to do so it was was amazing and we got you know big plans for 2024 with nava lots of Mm -hmm. exciting things coming up and that's going to really help to make that happen you tim the board Yes. The volunteers, everyone. Yeah. Everyone. Cool. Congratulations. You did an amazing job. It was so good. And everyone clearly had an amazing time as well. Yes. And then just a few days later, I mean, literally the next morning, the the event ended at uh, like midnight. 
And then the next morning we had to be at That's VoiceOver um, at 7 a.m. <laughs> to oh, sit no. in a booth and participate on a bunch of panels and give an award and do all kinds of things at the conference. And then that Sunday was the Voice Arts Awards. So it was just like a whirlwind of craziness happening for that whole week. And, um, and that is the catalyst for this episode the inspiration if you will because this episode is all about what jamie fomo fear (laughs) of missing out if you're unaware of missing out fomo um do you remember what that's like karen because you go to everything now so (laughs) i you know i do and and uh i do go to everything now And I didn't used to go to everything because I have two small children and I didn't have to go to everything. But, you know, I feel like going to everything almost makes it a little worse. Oh, really? Because when there's a, an event happening and I'm not there, I feel like I really should have should be there. I should have been there. But um, I also think that FOMO is like, uh, I don't know, my, my oldest daughter, Mahalia, has the worst FOMO of anyone I've ever met in my life. Really? She just has to be a part of everything at all times. And if she's not, like, she will literally go to a show and sit in the audience and be like, I can't watch the show. I, I don't know why I'm not up there with them. And I'm like, well, because <laughs> the you apple don't, doesn't fall far from you the don't tree. know the nutcracker. <laughs> like, you were not. And she's like, I know, but I can dance. So I don't know why I'm not up there. Like, well, because this is a professional ballet company and you are six years old. So there's no reason for you to be up there. <laughs> Um, she's definitely going to be like, like famous or like the president or something. <laughs> That's she, oh my gosh, it's it's very it's it's bad. It's so bad that she literally is like scheduled into a corner. This poor child with like taekwondo and piano and dance, and we're in a show together, and we're like she's got something every single day of the week, and we're always like, okay, Mahalia, like I think we need to give up, you know. <laughs> mathnasium like you don't need to go have math tutoring and she's like no i have to i love mathnasium we're like okay then you have to give up dance no <laughs> but i imagine you were like exactly the same when you were a kid, oh, right? exactly the same yeah exactly the same in high school i was like i was on the swim team and the water polo team and in the choir and the president of like every club and in drama and in shows and I would literally start my day at 5 a.m. for morning swim practice and finish at 11 p.m. after rehearsal for the play that I was in <laughs> and like not and like do my homework by flashlight in the theater. <laughs> I can't tell you how different our childhoods are. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't stop. I don't know how to stop. And it's because of FOMO, really. So was that bad earlier on in your career when you saw all these events happening and you weren't? part of it in voiceover in the beginning i think i wasn't aware that all of these events were happening but the more entrenched i got uh on social media the more fomo kind of took hold and i think that's i think that is the big thing that's different now from you know years and years ago is that Everything is on social media. People are constantly posting what they're doing. Yeah. And if you are not part of it, you feel like you are missing out and 
your career is going to go nowhere because you didn't go to the one conference that was in, you know, Boston or something. I don't know. I just made up a conference. <laughs> I'm sure there was one in Boston. There's so many now. <laughs> oh, PAX. Yeah, yeah, PAX was there. Yeah. Or like, because you didn't go to Anime Con in San Diego one weekend, like your life is over now. You've said this on the podcast before that you get a lot of your energy from being around people. Definitely. So that's a big part of it too, right? Definitely. Yeah. But I think at the same time, you have to know that you can't be at everything. As much Mm. as I like to think that I'm at everything and I try to be at everything, I I can't be at everything because I have other obligations. Um, I have little children, so, so it's hard. But this past week, I think, was particularly difficult for a lot of people because everyone looked so great. The events looked so fun. Everyone kept talking about how, how wonderful it was. And so it made missing out feel really awful, mm. which a lot of companies use as a motivator to get people to buy things, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, you don't want to miss out. You got to be there. I know we've written that even know, for Vocation Costa Rica exactly, posts yeah. because it's a it's a big motivator for people. How does it feel for you, Jamie? Because you don't go to as many things as I do. I go to, to see nothing. all of it happening. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't have that same motivation as you. I think I'm much more introverted with elements of extroversion as well. I think omniversion. I think that's what it's called. Om- being an omnivert, I can get that from I don't know. <laughs> going to a mall or something, going to the cinema. And I feel like I'm around people, that's fine. That's that's enough sort of stimulation for me, really. So I I have definitely felt FOMO in my life, for sure. But it's not to the same level, I think. And I can sort of reason it out of existence to a certain degree, I think. Whenever I feel a slight pang of, oh, I wish I was there, I then can can sort of follow that up with, well... I'm also at home and I can just like put my slippers on, mm-hmm. <laughs> get a cup of tea and just like chill out and relax and watch Survivor, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which I probably wouldn't be able to do in the middle of an awards show. In, in the middle of an awards <laughs> show. Well, I mean, it depends. You could bring headphones and look at your yeah. phone, watch Survivor <laughs> until your category is called. Right. <laughs> I don't want to be seen as like negging any kind of awards show because I think they're great and everyone who wants to go should go to them and I'm really happy that other people have a great time but I'm not drawn to them Mm -hmm. myself it's just not something like I'm not drawn to the ballet (laughs) but I'm happy it exists you know I'm not judging people for wanting to go and enjoy it although I have been to the ballet I did quite enjoy it actually so Um, you're not like Mahalia who wants to be on stage like a nutcracker (laughs) no I can't say that's if it really happened (laughs) you're not we'll call you Jamie Barishnikov right there are some people who if they don't want to go they want they want to just tear it down for everyone and they want to just claim that it's like it shouldn't exist and I think that's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, another thing is that, that struck me when you were speaking there is that if you are on the introverted side, I think it's nice when you're an introverted person to be around extroverted people. I find it takes the pressure off. I think extroverted people can sometimes think that introverted people are judging them for being 
too big. But I actually quite like it when I'm around someone who's really chatty and friendly and they're doing all the heavy lifting in my mind. I'm like, great, you do your thing. And I'm just like, I'm just sort of soaking it up. Sit back. Yeah, exactly. Ride the wave. You know, those kind of events attract probably people that are more inclined to get charged up by that kind yeah. of atmosphere. But there is definitely, there are times when I, I enjoy those kind of things too. I, you know, I go to gigs occasionally and go to big social gatherings and stuff like that. And it's fine in small doses. <laughs> there has to be a sort of valve where you go and like recharge, even if it's just go outside and stand outside and get some yeah. fresh air for a minute. Let's talk about award shows for a second, because, mm. uh, you know, this past week was the Voice Arts Awards. And in August, we had the One Voice Awards. And... I, I love them. I think that it's that it's a really fun time. Um, but it does take it's tricky because, you know, 99 percent of the time you have to self-submit. The One Voice Awards are free to submit. The Voice Arts Awards are like a couple hundred dollars per entry. Mm. It's like I don't remember if it was 175 or 150 or something. And if you submit earlier, it's cheaper. And if you submit later, it's more expensive. So it's a real barrier for people, number one, financially with the Voice Arts Awards, because if you submit three things, that's already like, you know, $600 out of pocket. Um, but also you have to, in order to be considered for something like this, you have to be confident about the work that you're doing and you have to put yourself out there to be judged. Yeah. And and then you have to get over the idea that, you know, I'm putting myself up for this and someone isn't nominating me because I'm so great. But the thing is, to me anyway, anytime you want your work to be judged in a competition, you have to enter the competition, whether that's a chili cook off like, no one's just going to come to your house and just eat your chili and be like, oh, well, this chili <laughs> is the greatest in the county. And I should know because I just happen to be walking around tasting everyone's chili. Like, you have to, you have yeah. to enter the chili cook-off. Um, and sometimes there's a processing fee. And I don't know if every county has a processing fee. But, you know, and like my husband is a, he's a, a writer. And he very often has to submit his screenplays if he wants them to be judged for competitions. And he has won prizes and he's gotten a lot of eyes on his scripts that wouldn't have otherwise seen things that he's written because he put his work out there. If you want to enter a photography competition, if you want to enter a, you know, a singing competition, like all of that is you putting yourself out there and putting your work out there and self-submitting. It's only in you know, the Oscars and the Emmys that you don't usually have to do it yourself. The studio does it for you. But someone is putting your work out there. You're not just being discovered. Someone is submitting you for this. Yeah. So, you know, like I, we could, I could say, Jamie, I'm going to submit some things for you. You submit <laughs> some things for me. <laughs> and, yeah, we could and, easily uh, get around it. Yeah, we could, exactly. So yeah. they we're not submitting ourselves. Like, Jamie, I'm just going to look through all of your work and choose the best. I was just so inspired to submit so your inspired. Demo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. the self-submitting thing doesn't really bother me. No. I mean, um, yeah. But you it's have to point. get over. Yeah. If you want to go to an award show, you know, you can just go. 
but it's it's uh, it feels more authentic if you're nominated for something. But in order to be nominated for something, you have to put yourself out there. And that takes a lot of courage and self-confidence. Well, also, like, what's your ROI? Like, if, if you want to do that and you want to put yourself through the potential anguish of going, oh, I'm putting this thing out. I've spent money on it as well. So there's that mm-hmm. extra layer of pressure. And it might not even, you know, you might not even become a nominee let alone a winner but the payoff for you if you do get nominated and or if you win is you know you get to say i was nominated for a voice arts award on my website and i'm you know you go to the event and you mingle with your fellow nominees and you get to go up on stage and if all of those things are fulfilling to you and are worth that level of you know quote unquote risk fine do it for me there's no roi the last thing i'd want is to win yeah I mean, even if you didn't go up on stage, but going up on stage and speaking is terrifying to me. You literally speak for a living, though. But <laughs> so I find not, that funny. not after having not been awarded person. something. Right, right, right. I mean, right. going on stage, I should clarify, I'm okay going on stage. But when it's something like you've been voted the best at this thing, I would just be a complete wreck. Like, it's just like, I don't know why. Why? Why me? <laughs> you know, and there's just no upside to that for me. So it would just be awkward and weird and I wouldn't feel comfortable. Yeah. Well, let's talk about what the payoffs are, really. Because like, OK, so last year I won a voice arts award for best in show narration for a show called uh, Final Moments on Oxygen. It was one of the first series I had ever narrated but I knew I wanted to do more of that work. Yeah. And so when I won, the first thing I did was contact the producers and tell them that I had won, which they were very happy about. And they hired me for season two. And then one of the producers that worked on that show also hired me for a second true crime show on Oxygen. Now, was that because I contacted them and said I won an award for my narration on the show? I don't know, but it certainly didn't hurt. Yeah. The other thing is, now that I am a, an award-winning, in quotation marks, in-show narrator, I love to present at conferences. I love to teach things in, in classes. And I feel like now I have the clout to be able to say I can teach on this subject at your conference. I have right. something to I have something to give and a point of view that that is important enough for me to share with other people. But am I now swimming in in-show narration jobs for murder shows? Like, did the phone just never stop ringing? And now, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah, no. But. For me, like the the confidence boost that I got from winning that is great. The other award that I won last year was um, like a corporate best corporate explainer video for all the videos that I did with CBS um, about how to get your COVID vaccine, which was a very important job. Um, Has that increased my explainer video output? Absolutely not. I work with all the same clients. They don't really care. CVS still works with me. I've always worked with CVS, you know, since 2019. So that didn't really make any difference at all. But I also didn't, like, market it and put it out there. I won a One Voice Award this past summer for Best PSA. And I loved doing that PSA. But am I, like, getting more work in PSAs? No. 
Well, interestingly, I produced Backstage's podcast in the envelope. And it was, it started off purely as a podcast that interviewed nominees for awards, Emmys, Oscars, kind of Tonys, Golden Globes. And because of that, we got a lot of FYC campaigns, so for your consideration campaigns. And I know personally how much money these companies spend promoting their artists, their actors for these awards shows. And they see the value in it and they know what they're talking about. You know, they spend, and I'm not going to give you the number, but tens of thousands of dollars on just a podcast or a, a magazine run or something like that for one show or one actor. And it's a hell of a lot of money. So they see the value in these. Admittedly, our industry is much smaller than the entertainment industry as a whole. But there is huge amount of marketing potential in being nominated for and or winning an award of any kind. Maybe clients of yours didn't immediately start pick up the phone and start calling you because of that thing. But maybe they went to your website, saw you won a few awards. Maybe it's just a little extra nudge in your direction over someone else. So it's really hard to define that ROI. But for me, there's that, that little nudge ain't worth it. <laughs> it's yeah. not going to move the needle for me. But for you, and particularly as it relates to you working, teaching at conferences and things like that, that has greater value because everyone in our industry recognizes that and understands yeah. the value of that. So for you in your situation, yeah, makes perfect sense. I feel like a broken record when I say this, but everyone's situation is so specific and unique that it might be right for you. It might not be right for you. Maybe it's not right for you now, but maybe in a couple of years' time, it might you might be in a different place in your career where you're like, no, I think it's worth putting myself up for these things. It would be good. Even if it's just like, I've got some really great fodder for my social media for a couple of weeks, you know? Sometimes that's really valuable, you know, for folks who get work that way. Let's, let's talk about social media for a minute um, because a lot of this FOMO that we're feeling has to do with people's social media posts. Mm. And, you know, I feel like there are a few reasons why people post on social media their wins. You know, what the the most obvious thing to me is, you know, you're posting your win because you're excited about it. I mean, I mean, just like a life win in general, not not an award show win. Just yeah. I I booked this job, booked it, you know, yeah. or like I got this new agent or I got, you know, I think that that can inspire jealousy in others sometimes when they see those posts on social media. And jealousy is a hard emotion to combat. I always think jealousy, <laughs> jealousy is like one of the most innate emotions that we have. I think about like, uh, I have I have a couple of really cute little dogs. And whenever my four-year-old is sitting on my lap, the dog is like, really <laughs> jealous <laughs> she like jumps on top of me like or or i have two dogs and if i say like hi bo hey bo the one that's jealous is sky sky <laughs> will immediately come over like oh excuse me hello are you giving him are you giving him attention and not me um i feel like anyone who has dogs probably feels this way sometimes too but then if i give the dog attention the four-year-old is like mommy do you love sky more than me <laughs> like no No, I don't. You are my human child. Um, But jealousy, I think, is a very innate emotion and it's hard to combat. But yes, social media. 
I think people people are posting because they want to celebrate their victories. But sometimes it seems like they're trying to show things in a in a bragging way. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean it's pretty common whether it's in voiceover or just with your friends and relatives like <laughs> here we are in the Caribbean. <laughs> um Yeah. And there's such a, it's such a fine line between like, I want to share my moments in the Caribbean and like, here I am in the Caribbean and here I am in, you know, like Paris and here I am in, you know, Orlando and here I am in like wherever. (laughs) Yeah. It's really hard because we're all to a certain degree obsessed with ourselves Mm -hmm. (laughs) and also view everything through our own paranoias and you know psychoses you know and judging other people's situations and also at the same time posting things like you said that maybe betray certain you know paranoias about ourselves and things like that so there's just a big mess (laughs) social media is a big mess of everyone's emotions you know i've definitely experienced that i think some people will post something that they've done because it's just been a build after build after build of frustration over and over Mm. and over and over again and finally they get a win and they just want to shout it from the rooftops yeah and you know i don't think there's anything wrong with even if you're like kind of brag mr braggy mcbraggerson you know and you're doing it every single day whatever like it's you do you like whatever that's your thing but especially if this is like burst the dam of frustration (laughs) and you want to just get it out in the world and you're proud and you're happy you know there's, there's nothing wrong with with doing that I used to think it was more obnoxious when I was earlier in my career when people would constantly post about their career wins because it did feel like a slap. But as I've gotten into my career now, I've realized, and again, Mr. Broken Records coming out again, but like everyone is so different. To really feel jealous of that person, you would have to walk in their shoes every single day and have all the same qualities and you know do you really want to just give up everything that you have all your friends and family and life and and things and be that other person in order to get that one thing probably not who knows what traumas and things they're dealing with on a day-to-day basis or from their childhood or you know anything else that may be in there as well i don't know does jealousy stem from just i want that thing Or is there an element of that person shouldn't have that thing? I think it could be a combination of both. But I think mostly jealousy comes from a place of insecurity. Mm. You know, you feel like, why am I not getting those opportunities? Why am I not? Why did I not win that award? Like, what's wrong with me that I'm not booking a job every day? Mm. Um. And and that's really hard because self-esteem and being secure in yourself takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work. It takes conscious effort. Um, and you can be at the top of the world and feel like the lowest person on the planet. You know, I think about all the celebrities that have that we've lost to suicide who like have been just incredible and they're on top of the world and yet they feel so awful you know it sometimes it just doesn't connect particularly as it relates to us voice actors or actors in general we are the product 
in many mm-hmm. respects. So our success or failure could be deemed to be are we a worthy person or not? You know, it's not just the little widget that we produce and does that sell or does that not sell? You know, we are the thing <laughs> that that people are judging directly, and so that is really harsh. Yeah. That is that is a really difficult thing to try and square in your mind and not take it personally. <laughs> and so much is out of your control. It's not it's not like you you know, I see this with actors and I voice actors and on screen actors, they're constantly thinking, What do I need to do? How do I do this? What do I need to do to make people book me? And there's almost nothing you can do really. <laughs> what you really need to do most of the time is to get out of your own way. Yeah. That's the thing that's most of the time blocking people. And to trust your instincts, you know, yeah. to trust your trust your own instincts. And I know, I think we talked about this like in our one of our first voca- uh, vocation, one of our first breakfast show podcast episodes, we talked about commercials and how the way to book commercials in my in my experience is just to look at the script, connect to it in the way that you connect to it trust your instincts, read it from a place of authenticity, and then forget about it. Because as soon as you start to, as soon as you start to think like, oh, what can I do to make it better? What, yeah, yeah exactly what you said. What can I do? How can I make this sound more authentic? <laughs> I need to be more authentic. You know, the, the, as soon as you start doing that, you get into a, a mindset that is inauthentic. Mm. And, you know, just and this is the same this is the same to come back to FOMO you have to do what is right for you at that moment in your life yeah you might not be able to afford the two thousand plus dollars it takes to go to one of these voiceover conferences between the conference fee the hotel the flights that's not even including the flights you know you you just might not be in a place where you can afford to do that and so going to a voiceover conference is not a priority in your life the priority for you is i need to pay my bills i need to like have food on the table and i need to support my family and that is an absolutely valid wonderful good priority and reminding yourself of that when you see all of the beautiful pictures of people in fancy clothes and everything, um, reminding yourself of that, like I'm taking care of myself and my family and my job and I'm not spending excessively is a good way to combat FOMO, to just build yourself up in that way. I'm doing what I need to do for myself and my family. I have a question for you. Obviously, you've been to everything the last year, so <laughs> this doesn't really apply yeah. recently. Um, <laughs> but from earlier in your career, as someone who would feel it more acutely, could you turn it and spin it in terms of your glomming onto their kind of glow rather than just feeling that pang every time you see other people enjoying themselves? Is there a way that you can at least get a small percentage of that? That's a really good question. I don't know that I have been able to do that except to very consciously be happy for others. Mm. Like just make a very conscious effort to go, oh, I am so happy my friends are having a good time. 
Yeah. I love these people and the fact that they are having a blast warms my heart. Yeah. Even though I really want to be there, you know, um, or I'm so happy that my friend booked this job. Like, I know that she really needed to book something like this. And I'm so happy that she booked that job, even though we were both up for it and we were both in the final five or whatever, you know, like turning it around so that it's not about you because so often it's not about you especially when it comes to booking something yeah but with the conferences it's not really about you either you know they're not there because they want to make you mad yeah. <laughs> nobody's <laughs> nobody's at a conference like oh let's let's really post a lot of pictures of us in front of this step and repeat banner so we make jamie mad yeah like <laughs> <laughs> nobody's nobody's doing that <laughs> that would be quite funny uh, <laughs> now we're all gonna post please pictures do that next to- time. Yes. <laughs> middle finger up at the camera with a wish you were here yeah <laughs> um yeah no so i mean like just being genuinely happy for your friends that they're having a great experience i think is a good thing but but again that's really hard to do especially if you're a person that wants to be in the fray yeah you know, these awards shows and conferences are not going away. They're not going anywhere. No. The closest we got to was 2020 and they still happened. So, you know, maybe this is just a really great goal for you. Maybe this is maybe a goal for 2024, 2025, and maybe you have to put 20, 30 bucks away each week. And in a year's time, you'll have a pretty decent little chunk of money that you could invest in to going to one of these things. Maybe that is an important goal for you. But if it, like you said earlier, maybe there's a medical reason why you can't go. We do now have virtual events. It ain't exactly the same. Of course it isn't. But at the virtual gala, people dressed up. They were having champagne, Prosecco, whatever it was, you know, enjoying the fun and getting a bit of that sort of bathed in the glow a little bit so there are alternatives and you know where you are right now is not necessarily where you have to be in a in a year or so's time yeah what do you do jamie what do you personally do when something really cool is happening and it's all over social media and you are feeling kind of like you're missing out what what is your strategy to deal with that um i think i'm i i don't know I I've, I really don't want to say, like, I don't feel it because it sounds like I'm being disingenuous when well, I say that. Well, no, but if that's your reality, then that's then that's your reality, I think. And I'm sure there are tons of people listening to this who who are also like, yeah, I don't really feel that either. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think, it, well, here's the thing. Like, I don't want to be tarred with the brush of being anti these things. No, you're definitely not. I mean, you literally put on a conference. Right. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, I directly benefit from, yeah, these things. Um, But no, I'm really not. And and I think there's a, you can sort of fall into that trap of being in with all these grumpy gusses who are just like, you know, wagging their finger at these events saying that they shouldn't exist when it's just not your thing. But, as we know, we have put on an event that I was unable to attend, and I definitely did feel FOMO, like, for yeah. sure. And I was planning on going right up until the last minute, and it didn't happen. So I, I have experienced that. In that instance, I threw myself into involving myself in every opportunity, yeah. <laughs> but in every way possible, because I was, I, and I could, because I was involved in, in the event, of course, yeah. so I could do that. Otherwise, there was no strategy. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't have a strategy. I was just, you know, just going through it day by day and 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 what have you. But 
I don't know. What about what about you? Do you have a a strategy for, for this? me? It really helps to like just not look at it, like get off of social media and try and just connect with the things and people around me that I love in my immediate area. Mm. So like just not think about all the people having a great time in Atlanta <laughs> or at Uncle Roy's barbecue, which I didn't go to this year or Wait, anything like that. It was an event that you didn't go to? <laughs> Holy <laughs> Wow. I'm sorry, I don't and mean see, to And like, see, now you just you. said the S word, and now we're going to get an explicit rating on this episode just because of you, Jamie. I'll bleep it, I'll bleep it. <laughs> um, the last time was because of the dog micropenises, I think. <laughs> oh, well, you just... <laughs> well, we already lost it now. It's, it's already an E on the episode, so there's not, not much more we can do. <laughs> we may as well just cut our losses. <laughs> yes. Uh, what were you saying? <laughs> I was saying that when other people are having a fun time and I am not there, and and I feel so happy for them, so happy. I uh, I try to just disconnect and like take my kids to the park and you know make a really nice dinner for everybody and just really connect with my family and the people who are around me and try and try not to. Or you know sometimes it's like motivation to just work harder and work more and and that's the thing when other people are booking things and you're not booking don't use that as like i'm so jealous and why is she so like you know she's getting everything and i'm not getting anything <laughs> like use it as motivation to work harder and know that there's a ton of work out there yeah. and also like this person now is the flavor of the month but people are going to get sick of that person's voice because they're going to be everywhere and then that their work is going to go away and you can be the rising star to come in and have your shining moment. <laughs> That's you true. know, we all get our chances. Can I also say that sometimes these events aren't as fun as they seem? Have you ever been to an event? <laughs> so, so true. <laughs> have you ever been That's to an so event true. and then you come back home and then you look on social media and all the pictures look like everyone was having an amazing time. Yeah. And they're like, is this so the same happy. event that I was at? So happy to be here. So amazing. And you're like, oh my God, we literally sat for two hours talking to somebody who was so boring. <laughs> that was the most boring speaker I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. That's definitely the truth as well. I mean, people can carefully edit that. I mean, that, that's that's another thing, right? They carefully curate their social media. So, yeah, social media you know, is a highlight real. reel. You know, you might see this person posting their fancy car and their fancy vacations and whatever, and you don't know that, like, their sister is bipolar and in and out of a mental hospital and they're having, like, intense emotional turmoil in every other part of their life because yeah. of their family situation. Like, you don't know that. I... For example, throughout all of this stuff, like uh, a few months ago, I was in a car accident with my mom and my two daughters and my niece and nephew. And mm. I never posted about it on social media. Mm. In part because we have a relative who recently lost someone very close to her in a car accident. And I didn't want to post that and have that be a trigger for my relative. Um, I don't think she listens to this podcast, but I didn't I didn't post about it. I didn't post about it because I just didn't want I didn't want that to be the narrative of my social media presence for the week or two weeks that it that it could have been. Yeah. Um, 
so you know social media is a highlight reel and everyone's fine it it was a 17 year old girl who had no license who like her cousin brother older boyfriend or something decided he was going to teach her how to drive and she literally pulled out we were just driving down the road my mom was driving and she pulled out 10 feet in front of our car just without looking there was no way that my mom could have stopped like nothing car was totaled kids were all in car seats they're all fine but you know social media is a highlight reel (laughs) No one saw that. No. No one saw that on my social media. And like you, no one knows, you know, I might be posting like a romantic dinner with my husband, but like every single relationship, we probably had an argument the day before because everyone argues with their spouse, (laughs) you know, like, yes, we're so in love. And also, why do you keep dropping the dishes into the sink instead of placing them into the sink? You know what I'm saying? What do you what do you think of people who what I would consider overshare? Do you think it's a, a more healthy thing to share everything warts and all or uh no. I uh, don't personally. I mean like again, you can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. We ha- we talked about this in an episode of social media called mm. social media recently. But like it's hard when someone is posting things because they really need attention and support for the bad things that they're going through. Mm. Um, but it's constant and it's they're always like in a negative place. It's just hard. It's it's hard to like if I if I was going to recommend someone for a job, if if a client of mine was like, I need like five women who sound just like you or something. And I had seen a friend post a bunch of negative things on social media for days and days and days. I probably wouldn't recommend that friend. Yeah. Even though I know that they probably could use the job because I'm just a little bit afraid that they're not in a mental state to do a good job with my client. I'd rather, I'd rather. And also like if you're not booking anything consistently and constantly talking about how you're not booking anything, like in my mind, I, I kind of think, well, why? Like, what am I not seeing or hearing that these other people are seeing and hearing? I don't think I can recommend this person because I just don't know. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I think that probably is the case. I'm probably the opposite. I just don't want to share anything personal about my life. <laughs> and I think we're actually going to talk about New Year's resolutions. We're going to wrap this up shortly. And I'm going to get ahead of things <laughs> and say <laughs> that my New Year's resolution is that I want to share a bit more about me rather than just work. I need to add a bit more of who I actually really am, which is funny because we've got a podcast where we just talk and we think people <laughs> give a shit about it. <laughs> so clearly I've got you know significant <laughs> ego. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't imagine people are actually listening to us talking right now. What I, guess. I know. It's so weird. Podcasts are weird. But yeah, should we wrap up with your New Year's resolution? Yes, Any other but final first, thoughts? Before, before we go on from that, I just want to say that I really enjoyed the Groundhog posts from, from 
uh, from <laughs> pandemic when when you and Kate used to walk in the park and see the groundhogs. <laughs> it was even worse than that. We used to go and like sit in the car with like coffee and like we we, put, we could park up, we could park right up next to this little like bush thing and this little stream and the groundhog one day two groundhogs walked up to each other and kissed each other and then walked off (laughs) that's how we got through the pandemic well see jamie now i have serious fomo and i wish that i would have been there to watch that it's a secret groundhog spot like we not many people know that this exists yeah (laughs) but now we've got groundhog that lives around our house he hasn't come around for a while, but sometimes he'll be stood in the middle of the driveway. We got quite a slope on our driveway, uh-huh. and as I'll drive up, he's like stood there, like I'm not getting out of the way, you know. <laughs> he just stands there, like like this is my house. You yeah, built your exactly. house on top of my house. Yeah, exactly. This is my 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 hill. <laughs> <laughs> my New Year's resolution is to figure out how to say no more often. Good idea. <laughs> Because, and also to learn to delegate better, because I tend to just do everything and do it all myself and not trust that people are going to do it the way, like in a way that is efficient and good. And I feel like part of that comes from like, I'll send someone an email and be like, okay, I really need to get this done. And then it's not done. And I'm like, well, in this amount of time, I could have just done it myself instead of trusting you to get it done. And, and, but I need to just let go of that a little bit. Even (laughs) saying the words is hard for me. (laughs) Um, Delegation is a, is a weird thing because uh, I found that the initial stage of passing off a job to someone else can initially take more time Mm -hmm. but if this is the kind of thing where you're going to pass it off to someone else to do consistently Mm -hmm. getting over that hump of they come back with a question you give them the answer they come back with another question and it's kind of a pain in the ass getting through that process is i've never gone through that process is what i'm saying so once you're past that i think then it really makes a lot of sense but that initial stage of like well i could just do it yeah didn't Jesus say something about that? Like, if you give a man a fish, he has food for a day. But if you teach a man to fish, he has f- food for his life. Or he could bring food to you. But Jesus probably wouldn't say that. <laughs> well, are we really going to end if this you with teach a, a man to fish, he can bring you fish for you. And then you don't have to fish yourself. <laughs> And then you can have double the fish. Jesus, the original outsourcer. (laughs) No, Jesus did not say that. (laughs) I have an amazing mug with a picture of Jesus on it that says, OMG, you guys, that's not what I said. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Oh, we're going to get ourselves canceled. No, it's not an anti-religious. It's not an anti-religious mug because a lot of people misinterpret. You know? well, we both went to religious schools, didn't we? Uh, I didn't go to a religious school, but oh, okay. I, I went through a religious period in my life, for sure. Going to a religious school was enough to make me not religious <laughs> yes. for a, a thousand lifetimes. But all the power to anyone who feels like they are religious. Oh, yeah. Religion, no judge. No judgment. You do your thing and more power to you. God's power. 
all the gods. <laughs> and I don't feel one bit of FOMO when they're like selfieing in the church or, you know. <laughs> I do. I do. Because I used to, this is so, this is like off topic a little bit, but I used to be like a Christian worship singer back in the day in during my religious period. Yeah. And like the, as a musician, the experience of singing, like I don't miss church but the experience of singing the same thing over and over again and like finding different harmonies to go underneath it and harmonizing with a group of people and feeling like you have a shared purpose, like it's an intoxicating, incredible feeling. And sometimes I see worship singers on the stage at church and I'm like, oh, man, I remember what that was like. And yeah. now I don't do it anymore because there's no secular music that's like that. It's just that. But it's like it's it. I, just from a purely brain music level, it's like I, I, you know. Well, we really are pack animals, aren't we? We really we do are. like being in packs. So a lot of this stuff comes back to that, I think, you know. Yes. Church or so vast. <laughs> yes. We like to be together. I used to I used to joke when when we did all of our voice actors of NYC events at St. Mark's Place in that little room and everybody brought yeah. like potluck food and everything that that was like we used to do it sunday afternoons and it was like going to church yeah it was same yeah. people potluck <laughs> talking about voiceover <laughs> in a totally non-culty way yes. no cults at all <laughs> oh god what what is that documentary the i don't oh, know there's love. a million cult no, documentaries no, no, no. The, and the i'm one with totally the girl, into all of them the one with the, the mother love is one. Oh. <laughs> that's one we didn't talk about it Jamie we were gonna talk about it we, we should talk about that in a future episode oh my, oh my god love yeah. has won on HBO <laughs> if you haven't watched it watch it it's oh so good god. if you're into like creepy cult things what was the what was the quote mother hated my quesadilla also I've, I've disappointed mother because <laughs> I disappointed mother because I made it burned quesadilla <laughs> I made the worst quesadilla of all time. That's right. That's what you said. <laughs> okay, I think we should Also, just there. as a side note before we wrap up, please do not drink bottles and bottles of colloidal silver. That's all I have to say. Do not, even a little bit of colloidal silver, I don't even know what it will do to you, but if I've you drink a lot of it. I've never of that before. I didn't oh, know what it was. I saw the blue man on Dr. Phil. Like years and years ago. Oh, that guy, yeah. Yes. With the beard? The guy with the beard? Yes. Yeah. Too much colloidal silver. <laughs> yeah, don't do that, folks. Unless you are part of the Blue Man group, then go to town. <laughs> if you're a really good drummer, you take a lot of colloidal silver, you get a new job. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You don't even have to wear the makeup. Like, don't saves even you. Have to wear the makeup. Saves you so much time putting it on, taking it off. Yeah. <laughs> You will die at 35. <laughs> but, yeah. but you'll get to live out all of your Smurf fantasies. Okay. This has gotten a little is, chaotic. <laughs> all right. This is the end of the episode. Okay. Goodbye, everyone. We'll Bye, see everyone. you next time. Happy Bye -bye. New Year. <laughs> <laughs>